Hello, colleagues, and welcome to another Five for Friday episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Today's shout out goes to my incredible book reviewers. My book on how to move from spending time on tasks to investing time in people is tentatively scheduled for publication in March. One way to tell if people really care about you is to ask for critical feedback. People who aren't really invested will say things like great job or it looks good, but people who care about you will make specific suggestions about how to improve and why they're making those suggestions. So thank you to the following people for helping me create a better book to help people on their leadership journey. Dr. Justin Nutter, Assistant Superintendent of Lexington Four School District in Lexington, South Carolina. Maria Werner, the founding principal of Green Charter School in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Dr. Heidi Von Dolan, the Associate Professor and Program Director for the North Carolina School Executive Leadership Program at Western Carolina University in my hometown of Culloway, North Carolina. Eleanor McCauley, the principal at Fairview School in Silva, North Carolina. Katie Joyner, Assistant Principal at Mid-Carolina Middle School in Newberry, South Carolina. Dr. Efrain Martinez, Principal at Conrad Fisher Elementary School and host of the Wisdom and Productivity Podcast in Elmhurst, Illinois. And finally, Dr. Sam Searcy, Principal Retired from Buncombe County Schools in North Carolina. What a stellar group of principals and thank you for helping me to be a better leader. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Frederick Buskey. We are all on a leadership journey. Every day, we have a chance to grow. Every day, we have a chance to help others grow. My goal and the goal of this podcast is to help you grow into being a strategic leader, a leader who puts people before purpose, who solves problems instead of treating symptoms, and who understands the difference between progress and action. Through this podcast, my daily email and virtual programs, I'm working to build a network of inspired and inspiring school leaders. Let's get started on today's adventure and this unique opportunity to learn to live and lead better. Today's episode of Five for Friday recaps the strategic leadership emails for the week of November 6th through 10th, 2023. On Monday, I shared that I did a second of two trainings for a group of future teachers. This was a couple weeks back. Now, the first training didn't live up to my expectations. There were some things that went off the rails on my end, and there were some negative things on the participants' end as well. And so I was actually dreading doing the second session based on what had gone before. Now, I had to really dial in and work on improving my own attitude and convincing myself that this would be better and to expect more, to expect a better experience. The training went awesome. The students were great. We learned, we had fun. And I spent a lot of time reflecting after that and realizing that we have to be so careful about letting previous expect or letting previous experiences drive our expectations because our expectations can really influence our reality. Tuesday's post was sort of one of those serendipitous posts. 
I try to be really attuned to when things happen and they seem to happen by chance, but three things happen that are all kind of connected to each other. And a couple of weeks ago, I was on two different podcast episodes. And in both of those recordings, the hosts asked me about my thoughts on trauma. And they were speaking specifically about two different traumas. One host was in Maine and it was just after the big shooting that happened up there where 18 people were killed. And then the other host was asking me about kind of events going on in Israel and Gaza. And I chose to respond to both of those inquiries in a more generalized way and to point out that so many people are experiencing trauma right now. And some traumas are greater than others, obviously, but there's so much going on in the larger world as well as on in everybody's individual worlds that we just don't know. We don't know what people are experiencing. And so I think in some part, we can kind of assume that everybody's experiencing some level of trauma. And so then what do we do about that? And the critical thing I think is to just be present for people. We don't have to know that people are experiencing trauma. They don't have to share, but in being present, we open up the pathway for that sharing. And even if they choose not to, by being present, we communicate that we value them. And when people are hurting, to know that somebody else cares, that somebody's willing to take a few minutes and ask questions and then just listen, that's powerful. The other thing I would say or add to that that's not in the daily email is that when you create space for someone and when they, if they choose to share a trauma or something that's going on, please resist the impulse to offer an answer, to make it better. What's making it better is you listening. As soon as you start to make suggestions or say, oh, you'll get over this pain or you'll work through it, you have just kind of minimized what they've shared. So when somebody shares something with you that's a trauma that they're struggling with, accept it, feel blessed that they're willing to share it and hold the silence, hold the space for them to process. And if they really want to know what you think, they really want your suggestions, they'll ask. But if they, unless they do that, just provide the presence. That's a great gift and it's enough. The emails from Wednesday and Thursday were both inspired by the same event. I'm working with some nonprofit and governmental leaders in a local leadership and capacity building initiative. And one of the things that we had done in our first training was to look at morning routines. We really focused on things that you could do as a leader to help improve your own leadership and your own health. And one of the participants was sharing in our second session that she had tried, she had intended to go home and work on her morning routines, but what she found was she had to focus on her children's morning routines and that her first step in improving things for herself was actually in helping them become more self-sufficient. And I thought that was just such a great thing to share. You know, there's the old kind of airplane analogy of when the oxygen mask dropped down, you have to put your mask on before you take care of your children or the people around you. And, you know, there's value and there's truth in that. But sometimes 
you actually have to take care of other people, help them learn to become more sufficient, help them give the skills that are going to allow them to take care of their own needs as a first step to you being able to have the space to take care of your needs. That was mostly Wednesday's email. And then on Thursdays, I built on that and said, well, how do we know what people need in order to be self-sufficient? And I think we can fall in the trap of me looking at you and saying, oh, I know what will help you. I know what you need. But of course, what we really need to do is ask. And I shared the idea that we're asking a kid how to be more self-sufficient in terms of getting their breakfast for themselves, right? Because that could give me five minutes. If they can pour their own cereal, I can have five minutes maybe to take some deep breaths and ground myself before the day gets into full swing. But how do I know what they need in order to be self-sufficient? And we could get some answers, right? If we ask them, maybe it's buy better cereal or I can already give it, but I can already do it, but you never give me the chance. Or can you move the bowls from the top shelf to the bottom shelf? But again, if we don't ask, we won't know. I concluded the week on Friday by going back to one of my, I think, most powerful pieces of wisdom that was shared with me, which is motivation equals value divided by effort. M equals V divided by E. So imagine you're walking out of the store and you see a $100 bill laying on the ground and it's three steps away from you. What's your motivation to go pick up that bill? Well, it's $100 divided by three steps, so $33 per step. That's probably a pretty high motivation because the $100 is high value, the three steps is low effort. So big V, little e, high motivation. But what if it was a dollar bill and it was 20 steps away? In that case, it's M equals $1 divided by 20 steps or five cents a step. Now, if you think about earning five cents a step versus $33 a step, that's a pretty big change. So in this second case, we have low V, high E, which would equal then low motivation. Now in these examples, the difference is really easy to understand because we've distilled it down to a numerical value. But here's the rub. What if we don't agree on what the V, what the value is actually worth? There are a lot of things in which we would disagree. I think there's high value in putting on a backpack and walking out and sleeping in the outdoors for three days. You might hate that. So I'm trying to convince you to go backpacking. I see this huge V. You see just a little V. It's not going to be beneficial. And you can't imagine the effort of carrying that back and going up the hills. So I'm trying to get you to do something, but our Vs are completely different. And I think this happens a lot that we assume that everybody's going to assign the same value to something as we assign. And this is especially critical when we're doing big change initiatives, right? We think, oh, if we do this big thing, it's going to make all this difference. Everything's going to be great. We have this big V. And then some of the people that we are working with are looking at this and going, oh, flavor of the month. I've done that before. This isn't going to have any impact whatsoever. And they've got a little V. So if you're working with people and they don't seem as motivated as you think they should be, maybe one of the first things you can do is check in on the value. Have you overestimated it? Are they underestimating it? What's going on? 
So what's the takeaway? I think the common thread this week was assumptions. I can assume that what happens this time will be the same thing that happens next time. I assume you aren't in trauma or that there's nothing I can do to support you. I assume I have the answers to helping you become more self-sufficient. I assume that you see the same value in something that I do. Now, I think what's really happening here when we make these assumptions is that we're operating on patterns. Our brains are really good at creating patterns from our experiences to guide our behavior so that we don't become paralyzed with decision-making every time we encounter a situation. But those patterns can lead us into making bad assumptions, and those assumptions can have negative impacts on our leadership. So what can you do? I think one of the first things is to think about what's not working in your leadership, not what's not working in your organization, and then think about what assumptions have you made? What assumptions have you made about how your organization functions, about what the purpose is, about how much the structures support people's work or how, how much we're asking people to do with limited resources? Think about what's not working. What assumptions have you made? The second thing you can do is look at who needs your support or who has the opportunity to become more self-sufficient and ask what assumptions are you making about those people, about their skills and their needs? And finally, turn it back on yourself. What assumptions are you making about your own leadership? Are you stronger in some areas than you think you are? Are you weaker in other areas than you think you are? Are you just assuming that there are things that you can't do because of where you're located in the hierarchical chain? Or are you assuming there are certain things that absolutely can't change. Okay, I'll leave you with those questions. That's it for this week's Five for Friday rendition of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Thank you for including me on your leadership journey. Please remember to subscribe and rate this podcast. As I record this, we've climbed to 21 ratings and six reviews. And I just think, wow, what if we could reach 50 ratings by the end of the year? How cool would that be? Because increasing those numbers would help other people find the show. So please consider an early Christmas present for me and get on the Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever you're listening to and hit a rating and that would be awesome. I love hearing from you, so please consider emailing me at frederick at frederickbusky.com. Share a story, a reaction to the show or a request or suggestion. I do respond to every email that I get. I'm Frederick Buskey, and thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Have a great weekend. Get outside, laugh, and live. Cheers.